Welcome to the Barry Trammell Show. It's another hot and heavy week of college football, and no better person to join us to talk college football than Paul Feinbaum, the iconic radio host, the voice of the Southeastern Conference. Before we get to Paul, I want to recognize our sponsors, Three Nines Technology, Weedman Lawn Care, Next Generation Roofing and Construction, Oklahoma Ford Dealers, and 988, Oklahoma's Mental Health Lifeline. And we now welcome in Paul Feinbaum. Paul, welcome to the show. It's a treat to talk with you. Uh, just as such an iconic part of college football. And let me start off by asking you, you, uh, let's see, uh, we're in late October. We're about uh, seven, eight months from uh, the Sooners and the Longhorns becoming uh, full members of the Southeastern Conference. What are you, What was your reaction when the news broke to you two and a half years ago? Hey, SEC's expanded and the Sooners and the Longhorns are headed your way. Yeah, Barry, once uh, I, I got uh, my heart restarted with a defibrillator, I, I, I thought it was a great idea. Uh, I, it, it was what's interesting about what happened is that a number of years ago, I'd say six or seven years ago, I picked up something. And I think we've talked about this in the past where that there was a real interest from Oklahoma to pursue coming into the SEC. Uh, it, you know, it took a while, but I, but I, I felt pretty comfortable where the information was coming from. Texas would have never believed it, uh, and and for a lot of reasons that you're, you're familiar with. I just didn't think uh, you know what happened in two, in, in uh, 2010 and 11. Uh, you know, with what them wanting to go west, uh, that they would ever be able to adjust to going the other direction. Um, so so what, once it all settled down, I really felt like it was one of the most important moments in the history of the Southeastern Conference. I, I was just jacked beyond belief. Um, and I still am, uh, because, you know, there have been uh, several different iterations in my lifetime. You had Arkansas, South Carolina, A&M, Missouri, but, but this blows everything else away, including what, what's been going on around the college football map. When you, when you look at the Sooners and the Longhorns, what do you like about them as SEC fits? Of course, the geography is a natural. The whole world's gone crazy in terms of college uh, conference geography. The SEC has maintained some standards, contiguous states, uh, fairly similar cultures. What do you like about about the additions of the Sooners and Longhorns? Barry, I think you start uh, with the, that they, they are the state university uh, where in, in respective states. And I think that's a that's a real that's not the only thing about the SEC. But you look at the Alabamas, the Georgias, the Floridas, the Kentuckys, the Tennessees. I mean, there, there's some commonality uh, in that. I also, you know, say the obvious. I mean, we're talking about two of the blue chip brands in the history of college football. You, you already know that, but that really matters to the people that are part of the SEC. It's a very tradition-based, uh, rich conference, and, and and I know it sounds cliche because you you know the SEC chant has really been overdone. Um, but there is a great, there's a great deal of pride, uh, in this league. And, and I went to an SEC school. I grew up in the SEC and obviously I've done everything since then. And, and I think that's what, uh, I think people respect the traditions and you, know, you could put the traditions of Oklahoma and Texas up literally against any program in the country. When you, when you look at, uh, at these programs uh, for two years now in, in this part of the country, we've had a term, a phrase we've been using SEC ready. Is is uh, is Oklahoma SEC ready? Is Texas SEC ready? That's that's 
football roster, that's facilities, that's the tailgating scene, that's that's everything. From, they're, from they're, they're definitely ready, and I've been to I've been to both places. Uh, I've only been to Oklahoma once for a game. I was there, uh, I believe it was uh, 02 for the yep. uh, Oklahoma Alabama game, which was just a tremendous experience for me. I've also been to Oklahoma State for a game. Um, I'll leave that for another podcast. Uh, but but to me, uh, the experience at, at, in Norman was, was one of the great ones I've ever had. Uh, you know, you had you had these two great programs uh, competing. Other than the fact that it was about 110 degrees that day, it was early September. Um, it, it was fabulous, and and I think uh, the fact that Oklahoma has, has always been in contention. And you asked the question about SEC ready a year ago when we we would we would talk occasionally. I wasn't sure. Uh, I am sure now, and I think that that's the significance of winning that game in Dallas a couple of weeks ago, it, it, it ended the conversation about Brett, Brent Venables. It ended the conversation about whether the school is ready to come in here. Let's, uh, let's go back a little bit, Paul. And um, of course you, uh, maybe people know, maybe they don't, but uh, you started out the way a lot of us started out. You started out <laughs> as a sports writer, uh, a distinguished sports writer, really uh, breaking stories, uh, writing columns, you know, covering the SEC the way a lot of us, I've covered college football. Um, you broke into radio, and and the dang thing has exploded over the decades. Uh, ESPN picked you up, uh, uh, part of the SEC network, syndicated national SEC, uh, ESPN radio. When you look back, what was the instigator? What made the Paul Feinbaum show accelerate into into the uh, into the operation it is today? Well, Barry, what I really did, uh, I, was, I got in the newspaper business in the 80s, uh, and it really didn't take me long to discover that this, this was an industry that was not going to survive uh, throughout my career. Um, but it didn't stop me. I loved it. Uh, I loved reporting. I loved writing. Um, but I made a turn about 10 years in toward radio, uh, and... I watched that explode. When I got into radio, it, it was not a big deal. Um, but really, uh, news, uh, news talk radio uh, really opened the door for sports talk radio. And suddenly, uh, it, it literally went through the roof. And, and what I was able to do on a radio show, and you understand this, was to take the skills I had in, in, in the newspaper business, uh, the reporting skills, to, to ferret out a story and not just believe something because I saw a tweet. Uh, to be able to formulate opinions that maybe were cogent and, and, and sound versus just throwing something up against the wall. And, and I think it helped. Uh, I was the first person in Alabama to to ever be critical, uh, to take a, a look at the underbelly. And it, I, I also had the advantage, just like you do, uh, where there were there were these two competing interests, Auburn and Alabama, like state uh, and and, and OU and and it there was always a fan base angry about something and that that was tailor made for talk radio. When you when from afar here in Oklahoma, just sort of knowing a little bit about the Paul Feinbaum show, and then when you're syndicated, getting to hear it on a regular basis, um, it appears that you've really resonated and struck a chord with SEC fans. Some of them, of course, have, have obtained their own notoriety on your show. <laughs> Um, what was the key to becoming such go-to uh, radio for for SEC fans and and 
many of them sort of becoming characters themselves. Yeah, I, I had the advantage of of having so many Alabama fans uh, already on on my my plate. And one other one other thing happened. Uh, I made a move from a, from a radio standpoint uh, in two thousand and seven, literally to uh, as Nick Saban was arriving, and it was it was a critical moment. I went from a news talk station very to a to a sports station and our ratings quadrupled in the first year had nothing to do with me. It had everything to do with Nick Saban. People wanted uh, to get to, to, to follow a winner. And uh, a lot of those people came with me and, and yeah, I know, I, I know what people have said about me early on. Hey, this is just an Alabama flag waving show. And, and to some degree it was because Alabama during my, my run here uh, at the SEC network has been such a big part of, of college football hierarchy but what happened was we, we brought more people, we brought other fan groups in, and then we started playing those fan groups against other parts of the country. Uh, when we went on uh, 2010, three years before I made the move to ESPN, our show was syndicated on Sirius XM. And the big debates were always Big Ten versus SEC. And, 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 and that, that, was, that was part of, uh, I think, the success. There are a lot of other reasons, unlike, uh, unlike every other ESPN show, Barry. Uh, we were callers rip. Caller driven. It wasn't just my opinion. Uh, my, you know, really, uh, you could watch or listen to our show all week and and not hear that many opinions. You might hear them on First Take or Sports Center or somewhere else. But on, on our show, I try to be a moderator. I, I find the the Feinbaum show story very fascinating, in some ways charming, because we're talking about an entity in ESPN that is national in scope. Uh, it has a clear East Coast, Northeast, New York City uh, grounding, um, heavy on the pros, NFL, NBA, all those things. And yet, here in in the middle of all this, ESPN has carved out a fairly substantial chunk for this regionalized sports network that focuses on college football that is not the stereotypical intelligentsia of America, you know, we, I mean, I'm not talking out of school here. Oklahoma is included in that. No one's thinking we're the cultural capital of the world. I find it charming that somebody in New York city and Bristol, Connecticut said, you know what? We got to pay attention to these guys because they're, what they do is great. And what they do is passionate and America needs to be a part of this. How much satisfaction have you gotten? And, and, and can you explain how that was able to, to occur, that the, a part of the country that is often marginalized in the, you know, in the decision making of corporate America found its place in with with such uh, with such company? I'd love to tell you, Barry, that, that, that they had a great plan. I'm not sure they did. Um, they 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 knew that they had to connect with fans. And I think I'll give ESPN credit for that. And they looked around and I think they saw us as a vehicle. Uh, you know, we were on a, we were, we're headquartered in Birmingham. The SEC is headquartered there. So certainly there was a, there was an awareness. I don't think they realized what they were getting into, though. And I say that having been in on all the planning meetings, uh, I think they were in a state of shock uh, the first day this show went on the air because they knew that the callers were, quote unquote, crazy. Uh, because there had been a, a 30 for 30 uh, Roll Tide War Eagle that focused in on 
the, the most notorious caller in, in the Feinbaum show history, Harvey Updike, the guy that poisoned the timbers trees. But, but I don't think they were quite ready for it 20 hours a week. Uh, and I, I know that executives were in shock the first couple of days and they were trying to figure out, we, we got to do something. But fortunately, the SEC office knew about the show because they, they, they listened to it every day going home. And I think they supported us when maybe uh, your, your typical radio or TV executive that I know you've dealt with in your career uh, would not have been as 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 comforting. Uh, so it, it was rocky uh, and it took a while. And I think ultimately the it, it, you, know, you reach a, a, a certain point that there, there's a there's a theory in in everything in entertainment that uh, especially television and radio, that if you can if you can survive long enough, the audience will coalesce. Uh, so don't say crazy stuff. Uh, that gets you fired uh, too quickly. I almost did a few times, but uh, we are now, I'm, I've been at ESPN now for 10 years. Uh, so I'll consider that uh, successful. You uh, you know, you mentioned your upbringing. You, uh, I think you grew up in Memphis, uh, the Memphis area, and went to the University of Tennessee, uh, then spent the majority of your career in Alabama. Alabama and Tennessee, of course, have a, a fairly substantial uh, rivalry uh, that everybody knows about. And it's, it's no different everywhere. There's there are rivalries everywhere. There are there are accusations everywhere. You hate my team. You you know this guy loves the other team. Whatever. How have you navigated those waters? Uh, a Tennessee guy working in Alabama. Uh, now a Tennessee guy uh, who who worked in Alabama now speaks for the whole SEC. Uh, have you have you overcome most of those claims? Do you think and uh, I guess what I'm asking is, it seems to me that even though people get mad at you, your credibility with the entire SEC uh, footprint is fairly high, perhaps just because of what you talked about, the longevity. Barry, I, I don't think you ever overcome the pettiness of a college football fan uh, because you know it. Uh, you pick Oklahoma State to be in Oklahoma. And everybody from Oklahoma thinks you're, you're a turncoat. I mean, all you're doing is, is what you're supposed to do and give an honest opinion. Uh, I ran into that last week. I was in Tuscaloosa. I picked Alabama to beat uh, Tennessee, which seemed pretty logical to me. Uh, and I started, I, you know, I, I, I was walking out in Tennessee fans. How could you turn your back on your alma mater? Well, I, you know, I wanted to say, well, you conveniently forgot that a year ago in Knoxville, I got out of a stupid coffin uh, wearing a Tennessee jersey, picking uh, Tennessee. It was the first time I'd, uh, I'd gone against Alabama in 17 years. It just so happened that I was right uh, by, by the skin of my teeth uh, with a 40-yard with a field goal uh, on the final play of the game. But I quit worrying about that stuff. I mean, you have to manage it, and you can't act like you, you don't care because, you, you know, the one thing I think you learn when you've done it for uh, the amount of time that we have is that you can't live your life by social media, nor can you react to it. Uh, I mean, I, I have friends who just, I can't believe what people are saying about me. Well, that's that's fine. That's what they're supposed to be saying. Yeah, I, I don't want to act like I don't pay attention to it. I do. Uh, I monitor it just to, to get a sense of, but all that, if, if, you, uh, if you say something and you're getting a bad reaction on social media, literally, I, my advice would be turn off your uh, computer for an hour, go out to lunch and another subject has happened by the time you get back. That's how, that's how fleeting it is. But, but it, it, the credibility is important because you have to be authentic and tell the truth. Um, you don't always have to tell 
the the complete truth in the sense of, hey, what do you think of this coach? Uh, I think he's a complete loser. No, you might want to say, well, you know, he's, ser- he's seriously challenged. And if he doesn't win Saturday, however, but I, I think I've learned. I used to be a lot uh, blunter than I, I am. I, I've had fr- I've, I've had people in the industry say, why don't you go back to the way you used to be? Well, uh, I don't think I would. I, I don't think I would be alive long if I did that. Well, it's uh, it's fascinating radio. I can tell you that. Sooners and Longhorns will be here next year, next October. We'll be sitting here uh, listening to the Paul Feinbaum show, not as a as a foreign conference, as a conference we're in the middle of. What do what do reader uh, readers? What do listeners uh, that want to get acclimated to the the Paul Feinbaum show and get involved? What do they need to know uh, about this culture of the SEC that's embodied by by your show? I think it's it's something. Uh, I, I think what 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 you need to know is that it's a, it's a very welcoming group of people. I mean, I know a lot of the plans are already being made to to help get the fan bases uh, in Texas and Oklahoma familiarized. Uh, the moment that that July first comes, you're going to see us. Uh, I'm not trying to give away the, the game plan, but uh, you won't have to wait till the football season before you 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 see the Fine Bomb Show or the SEC Network. I mean, there, there is just such excitement. But I, I think, uh, I mean, I, do what you want. I realize you got, uh, you know, Oklahoma State or Oklahoma or, or whatever team you follow. Uh, but I, I would just zip in and out of here occasionally and just uh, get a sample. And by the way, I mean, you may hear uh, some crazy craziness, but I, but it probably is is a good idea uh, just to, if you got a free minute, to, to come over here on a Monday and hear, hear what fans are bellyaching about. Um but I also say, Barry, that the level of excitement, not just from me, but from fans across the map are, are, are really high. I, I think Oklahoma will fit in very well. I already hear some of my friends, especially in Tuscaloosa, say that Texas doesn't know what they're getting into. Because I just, I mean, the idea of, I say this affectionately, but the egos of Alabama fans and Texas fans merging together is, is going to be bigger than than going back zillions of years in the Big Bang Theory. I mean, I, I don't know how that's going to work. Well, when we when we look at this 16-team conglomeration, there's going to be growing pains for everybody. You know, Sooners in Texas are going to have to, you know, get more custom than, than the 14 legacy uh, members. But one thing I think that's that's clear is that conference leaders, both in the Birmingham office, and the newsmakers, decision makers around the conference, um, they have a lot of trust in Paul Feinbaum. Uh, you get the, you get most of the, most of the conference's biggest names on your show. You, uh, you get tips on on what the conference is thinking. Is uh, how have you maintained uh, the good relationship with Greg Sankey and and uh, and and the commissioners before him and and the people around the league, whether it's Florida or or South Carolina, or Missouri, or Ole Miss, it doesn't matter where. How have you maintained or developed those relationships? Barry, it, it's, a, it's a juggling act, and you know it, having uh, you know, written and said a lot of the same things that I do. I, I think you have to be seen, and fortunately I am. Um, you have to also get their trust. I'll, I'll tell you a very interesting story, uh, and it it defies my inner soul. So a week uh, – so the announcement – the story broke about Oklahoma and Texas on Wednesday of media days, as you well know. 
uh, a week and a half earlier, I'm talking to a friend. I was about to take a few days off. And this guy who will be remain nameless called me and said, you know, I got to tell you something just totally crazy. And I, I said, what's that? He said, I think Oklahoma and Texas are coming into the SEC. I said, you got to be kidding. He said, no, I'm not kidding. He said, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's it could even be announced soon. So so you, do you really want to hear something like that when you're ready to take a few days off? No. Um, but it was it was a dead time of the year and I was just holding my breath. I got back in town on Friday afternoon, Barry. Media day started Monday in Birmingham and I got a call. My my contract, I think, yeah, it had just been uh, uh, extended, ironically. And I got a call from the associate commissioner of the SEC. Uh, he said, hey, I just want to. Uh, congratulate you on I know it's coming out Monday that uh, your deal is being announced I said yeah um, I said uh, hey I got a crazy question for you um, I got a call from a guy and he mentioned that it could be announced next week and he said uh, he, he, and, and, the, and the guy said it won't be announced next week and at that point Barry <laughs> I knew I knew it was true there you go yeah um, but what do you do uh, the reporter in you wants to break the story, but you also know that if you do, you're simply going to blow up the biggest event of the year. So I, I really held back. And as, as any reporter knows that's difficult. But my point of the whole story is that that's that's the adjustment in, in getting older and, and maturing where years earlier, I, I don't think I could have held it back where now I, I realize for the for the for the greater good of the conference and the relationships, I better just keep it under my hat. Yeah, that's uh, that's very instructive for young journalists and everybody else. Is uh, you got to weigh you got to weigh the uh, the risks and the rewards of of your actions. That's very good. Hey, let I me. Mean, ask- by the way, I mean the, re- the reward would have been what? Uh, okay, uh, well, just it was coming sad, out anyway. Yeah, ego, yeah, the, um, the ego, the saddest, you know. The, yeah, uh, we all I, yeah, I didn't. But I think I preserved the the. I mean, I think I mean the the commissioner and the group knew knew I knew it. Right. Um, um, and it was too important. Uh, I mean, it was just simply too important. Uh, you know, instead, uh, I'm assuming A&M liked it. So uh, let, let them take the blame. <laughs> That's good. Uh, let me hit you with a few uh, rapid fire questions, Paul. Uh, what for Oklahoma fans? Uh, we'll leave Texas out of it. For Oklahoma fans, what is going to be their favorite venue they visit? Uh, so help me with their schedule next year. I know Alabama comes out. Where where are they going? We're well, well, uh, going to Ole Miss, Auburn, LSU, and Missouri. Okay. Well, I mean, it's I mean, it's, Ole Miss is, is without a doubt the 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 most fan friendly SEC setting because you do have to go to the Grove. Uh, I mean, it you've heard about it, but it's 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 unlike anything you've ever seen. Uh, they they have a they have a they have a saying. At Ole Miss, uh, you know, we 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 may not win the game, but we've never lost a party, and they're they're serious about it. I mean, you show up there, and there are literally white tablecloths and BMWs and Mercedes backing in with all the food. Uh, it, it's quite a sight. I, I think Tiger Stadium on a Saturday night is probably the most frenzied setting in college football, and that that is taking in quite a bit. Uh, but I'm just talking about suffocating. You can't breathe the tension. It, it, it's just unlike any other place. 
so, I mean, I, I would I would point that out. Uh, I mean, obviously, anytime you get Alabama coming to your place, you already you, you, you know, we've seen it once uh, 20 years ago. Uh, it's a big, big deal, especially uh, with h- how much longer is Nick Saban going to coach? I mean, it's you know, I covered the end of Coach Bryant. So I you've seen legends at OU. Uh, you, those are moments to cherish. Uh, what about SEC football is going to surprise Oklahomans the most? Well, I, I think how prepared the school really is for it. Uh, and, and I know that there was a feeling, Barry, that maybe it was it was it was too soon. But I, I think as somebody who watches this league, I mean, it's a very good league. This is a this is maybe the most bizarre year I've ever seen. Where I think Oklahoma right now, very like you know. It would. I think Oklahoma would have a really good shot this year of playing Georgia for the SEC championship. Uh, I, I don't. I don't think it would have had a half the problems that we that we make them out to be because this is a this is a year where you can you can win a lot of games. I mean, Alabama is not a, a a quintessentially great Alabama team, but they may end up playing for the conference title. So I, I think uh, a little bit contrary to public opinion that you know you you're not going to realize how tough it is. I don't think Oklahoma will have that much difficulty, uh, especially where the program recruit the level that it recruits to. Um, so that that that's maybe my most surprising take. Will we get to a nine-game schedule soon in the SEC? Yes, I firmly believe we will. I know there's a lot of pushback. Even Nick Saban was out there the other day saying something, but I, I think uh, there's there's one specific reason for it: television. Uh, you know, starting in in 24, ESPN slash ABC, SEC Network become the primary and exclusive uh, rights holders. And they need the, they need the, they need the inventory. Uh, the, these other games do not, I mean, just, just for a point of reference, because we pay attention to stuff like this here, this was the third Saturday in a row where the noon 11 o'clock local in your, in your area, SEC Network game, is there is not a game. Uh, you know, we're in the bye period where everybody has a bye week, but there just aren't enough games to go around. So I, I think the, the addition of a conference game adds tremendous value to, uh, you know, every, you know every, that, what, that one extra conference game means a lot more than Auburn playing uh, Chattanooga or, or Mercer or somebody like that. You mentioned SEC uh, 24 completely with ESPN. SEC's been with ESPN and CBS for low these many years. The Big 12 with Oklahoma has been with uh, ESPN and Fox. How do you see the breakup of of uh, dual networks, where we're going to have SEC totally ESPN, Fox going to be totally with the Big Ten? How how is that going to change college football? Do you think? I think it's going to change a lot. Uh, for, uh, where ESPN will have and the SEC will work uh, in in concert to really have better windows for games. I, I think. The, I, th- I don't know whether people – I can't imagine people liking the 11 o'clock start to the Texas-Oklahoma game. I, I think that will be something – I think that will go by the wayside. Uh, I, I think, uh, you know, th- there is a value in that you – know, I mean, Fox has discovered a value in the big noon kickoff, but I don't know a single fan, Barry, that wants to go to a game in Dallas or Norman or anywhere else at 11 o'clock in the morning. Uh, it's just too early. Uh, so I, I think you, you you will have that window, uh, and it is a window that 
you have to find games for on both ABC, ESPN, and SEC Network. But I, I think the, the bigger games will be at either 3.30 or in prime time. And that's a big change. Well, super. Well, Tom, Tom, well, Paul, we appreciate you joining us. It's been great. Hey, listen, I've appreciated all the times you've had me on your show. I've appreciated when I've called you for SEC Insight. And uh, it's been great getting to know you. And I look forward to uh, many years covering now the SEC with you. So thanks for joining us. Well, Mary, it's been my pleasure. And uh, count on seeing us in Norman before the uh, start of next season. Oh, that'd be, that'd be fantastic. Be fantastic. Hey, Paul Feinbaum, the voice of the SEC, and perhaps the number one radio person in all of ESPN. You got to listen to the Paul Feinbaum show. You got to keep up with the SEC. Hey, that's going to do it for me. Hey, thanks to uh, all of our sponsors. Uh, we want to uh, also encourage you to uh, go to, uh, to YouTube. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, subscribe. Join us each week on The Barry Trammell Show. Thanks to Paul Feinbaum, and we will talk to you next week.